0: Yo! what's going on, everybody? Dave Lochran here. It's the NBA NBA strategy show presented by Prize Picks. You can follow me at Lafay underscore D on the Twitters, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D for those of you podcast listeners. And I'm joined as always by my man Adam Scher at Ship My Money DFS. What's going on, brother?
1: How's it going, man? Uh, coming off of a nice NBA win last night, uh, on a slate that I was completely wrong. Nice, would record. you win? I mean, tied for first in the big DraftKings thing for, like, 3,200 or
0: whatever. But, yeah. yeah, I saw – you know, the crazy thing about that, too uh, – was it – for actually, no, I'm wrong. I was going to say I thought that there were two lineups that had the same score, but it wasn't. But the,
1: no, it got, it got really close.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay, good but, stuff. But, uh, yeah, I
1: mean, I, I played Depot in, like, three out of 150 lineups, and that just happened
0: to be one of them. He was – yeah, he – dude, all the Depot was – it. It's weird because that whole game, Miami was just dreadful. I was, I was heavy on, on I was laying the money on, or laying the points on Boston, uh, even with Marcus Smart out. I mean, obviously I got it early in the day when I did the betting video. Odd Shopper channel, by the way, check it out. Uh, and I thought they could win it, you know, somewhat handily, but that was, I mean, that, that game was not, at, at no point in that game, literally no point in that game, outside of the opening tip, was that game competitive?
1: No. Um And jo- Josh tweeted it, and I, I agree completely. Like Oladipo playing should make their offense really bad, and their offense was really bad. But Oladipo still just like couldn't miss a shot. So it, it it's almost like that game could have been worse.
0: No doubt about it. Yeah, and I mean uh, the t- chat was already coming at at Josh uh, yesterday when we did that. We went Josh and I did live before lock, so we went a half hour past lock. And Oladipo had like nine of their first 11 points. Yeah. And he's like, no, this proves my point that, that, and and I I got what he was saying, right? In the sense that like they're, they're so bad right now that Oladipo is the only one that can do anything and they're still getting smoked. But yeah, this, this should be fun. Um, This should be fun next time. Next time we do a show just to see how it all goes down. You know, what's crazy too about Miami. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'll tell you anyway. Think about the losses that they've had since the Philly series. So they've only lost four games, but they've gotten smoked in all of them. And when they lose, they get crushed. And then they come back and they like look at look at some of the some of the, the losses that they've had. Yesterday they lost by 20, but that game, I mean, it was it was worse than that. Uh, they lost by 25 in game two. They lost by nine to Philly in game four, but that game, again, it was blowout run. It was never close. Well, at times it got they got within like 10 or 11, but it was double digits most game. And then they lost by, what, 120 to 85 to Philly in game three. So they've been a super weird team. They're either dominant or when they lose, it's like they just mail it in.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely strange. And there's just been a lot of blowouts in general in the, the postseason. That's true.
0: That's, that's very true. Been a ton of, of blowouts back and forth. Do you think um, you think Dallas steals a game tonight, or do we get the full sweep? I, I'm honestly leaning sweep here. Uh so am I. Are you? Yeah. Which would mean that uh, we have Sunday on Memorial Day weekend off. If that uh oh, you already do, I think. But
1: yeah, I'm yeah. off Sunday, and I'm actually off Monday too.
0: Oh yeah, why? What are you doing? Moving. Ah, you're getting the move on to the new apartment. Okay. Yeah. Excited about that.
1: Um, I'm excited for it to be done. I still haven't started packing or anything, so like I'm stressed about that and not excited at all. But I'll, I'll be excited to be in the new place.
0: All right. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine moving in the city is particularly easy. What floor is, is are you on now and what floor will you be on?
1: I'm on the fourth floor now in a walk-up, which obviously is annoying. I'll be on the 16th floor at the new place, but with an elevator.
0: 16th floor, you said? Yeah. Okay. And they just have like a like a cargo ele- or like a, uh, yeah, elevator like a freight
1: elevator and a freight ele-
0: elevator that's yeah. it yeah freight elevator that you can just bring it uh, yeah i mean I'm,
1: I'm obviously paying people to move it like i'm not doing it
0: no, no of course not, not. yeah no. Um, anyway, mo- moving without movers is the worst idea ever unless you have horrible movers and they just break shit and tell you it wasn't them
1: i would honestly rather them break shit and i just have to buy new stuff than me trying to move, move it yourself yeah them. of
0: course yeah. then you got to get because all of your friends don't even live that close to you. Right. So you'd have to recruit people to get over there and help you out. It'd be a mess. Yeah. It
1: would be, it would be a huge pain in the ass, but uh, it, yeah. The, the only thing moving, like the only thing I'm actually worried about in the actual moving process is like, it's a pain in the, like there's nowhere for a moving truck to park outside of my current apartment, except for like the, like loading zone kind of spot. So basically if some asshole parks in the no parking spot, like, I don't know where my movers are supposed to go, but other than that, as long as nobody does that, it should be fun.
0: I remember when we moved into this place, um, we were grabbing a treadmill from one of our friends and Justine wanted it on the, the second floor. And let me just tell you, moving a treadmill is one of the most miserable experiences ever. Like, I would rather do a couch. I'd rather do a dresser because, you know, those, oh, those super 30... Anything over a fucking treadmill, man. Horrible.
1: My my mom bought a treadmill like a few years ago and we were trying to move it upstairs into her bedroom. And me and my sister's now fiance were trying to do it. And we spent like a while on it. And we were like, Nope, this is staying on the first
0: floor. They're so heavy and annoying and all yeah, not fun. Not fun. But we got it. And then and then six months later, she wanted it in the basement. So I had to get my brother-in-law over and we we moved it down to the basement, but Yeah, it's not when we move, obviously we'll have movers, but otherwise I'm just selling that or or just getting rid of it. I'll leave it there for someone else. I don't care. Yeah.
1: Steven Leibowitz said anything important you move yourself within reasonable size. I don't own anything that I consider important enough that I would move it myself with the exception of like stuff that I can just like throw in a book bag, like jewelry and watches and stuff.
0: Sure. Like my safe is not going with the movers.
1: The physical safe or the stuff in it?
0: Well, I'm lazy. I probably wouldn't empty it. You know, I would well,
1: just... But I mean, those things are heavy, aren't they?
0: Yeah, but but I, I I can I I can handle that.
1: Yeah,
0: I can handle that. But yeah, like uh,
1: there's n- there's nothing in my apartment right now that like uh, of any sort of substantial weight, like of any sort of weight that I can't throw in a book bag that I would be like, oh yeah, I don't trust you
0: to move. Right, legs. exactly. I'm I have a very unorthodox style of moving. Like I I grab some boxes from Staples or something when i moved in with with justine when she was when we was just my girlfriend not my wife we moved into an apartment like seven eight years ago and i just took all of my clothes didn't even take them off the hanger just grabbed all of my clothes on the hangers and put them into the boxes and i thought it was a brilliant idea because then i can just take them off the hangers and hang them up but apparently that's lazy
1: I mean, my clothes aren't on hangers right now to begin with. So they'll just be getting thrown in the boxes instead of. Oh, you thrown. have no
0: clothes on hangers?
1: I mean, I, I, have a, I have a few shirts hanging up. Okay. But mostly I have clothes either sitting in the dryer that I didn't put away or they're in like my dresser or they're on my floor.
0: Okay. Anyway, I hang dry a lot of my clothes. How ridiculous is that?
1: Instead of just using the dryer?
0: Yeah, because they, they shrink and they get weird.
1: I feel like when you hang dry them, they, don't they get like stiff?
0: Yeah. Then you, you put them in the dryer for like 10 minutes after
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, but okay. So you know about washers and dryers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, happy to have you guys with us. Uh, Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Much appreciated. Get us up to 50. We got almost 200 people watching on this wonderful Tuesday morning and uh, subscribe to the channel. Almost at 77,000 subs. We're getting to a hundred K by, I'm going to say end of football season. That makes sense because baseball, it gets a little bit slow. But uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, you want to help support us. But also you just want to, you know, be a member. Oh, you can hit join, become a member there. Did you see Jordan last night? Uh, Jordan Lockhart again, gifted like 60 memberships again. This Not guy. Good. What's that? Were you talking to me? I was talking to Jordan, but yeah. He's just like, he's, he's, he's the awesome most Santa Claus, man. It's great. He just <laughs> makes it rain. Kind of like you in a strip club, except Jordan Lockhart does it in YouTube chat for awesome. Up.
1: Yeah, much better calls.
0: Yeah, he puts money into, into a viable cause for sure. But if you want to, free Super Chats, custom emojis. It's like, what is it, $2.99 a month? I have it. I might stop blinged out with the with the one-year badge. And we'll always prioritize your questions and comments along with our Super Chats. Our, our, our premium Discord members, sorry. and And obviously Super Chats, but... All right, so, you know, Josh and I on Live Before Lock last night, were are talking about how much different of a series from a DFS standpoint the, the Boston-Miami series is from, from Golden State-Dallas. Because, yeah, with Boston, I mean, yesterday it was Jason Tatum in the captain spot, of course. But it, it, there's no Luka Doncic, right? I, all of those guys, Tatum, we've seen it in both series, has a pretty, you know, low floor we know that butler does even though he's been very good all of those guys do jalen brown and low floor relative to what you need at captain when it comes to when it comes to this this dallas team luka doncic i mean his floor at this point is is and i know he had that one real b- bad game against golden state but for the most part I mean, you're getting 50 plus out of luka every single game he has one game with less than 50 fantasy points in the postseason
1: yeah, and and the thing that makes it interesting though is like his price tag is getting really expensive.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I, I guess what I'm saying though, it, it's it's a lot easier to just go to other guys at the captain spot, but in uh, that other series. But yeah, as you mentioned, now you look at this, and if you wanted to captain him at 21.6, he is 42 hundred dollars more in the captain spot than Luca or than than Steph Curry, 42 hundred dollars more, and then the next closest player is is Clay Thompson. He's almost $8,000 more expensive than Clay. So just far and away the highest-priced player. It's not even remotely close.
1: Yeah, and if I – I'm double-checking now. If I remember right, he wasn't in the winning lineup on DraftKings last late. Yeah, he wasn't. No, never mind. He was the captain. For a while, he wasn't in the top lineup.
0: Who, hey, Luca? Yeah. What was the optimal lineup last game?
1: I don't know what the optimal, I don't know if the winning lineup was the optimal, but Luca. Oh, sorry. Captain, yeah. The winning lineup. Yeah. Luca, Captain, Curry, Wiggins, Dinwiddie, Berton's, Moody. So basically just totally punted two spots, got a total of like 10 points from those two spots. But then Luca, Curry, Wiggins, Dinwiddie.
0: Who were the punts? Burton's and who else? Moody. What did they, how many points did they have combined?
1: Berton's had 6.75, Moody had 3.75.
0: And that was the winning lineup? Solo win. What? That's crazy. Yeah. Is that an approach that you think you, you you can continue to take with this series?
1: Yes, because Luca can just outscore everybody by so much. Like, think how this looks. Well, I mean, I guess. What did he have like a
0: like hundred points in the captain's spot? Ninety-nine
1: point three eight. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, like, you for it to work, obviously, you need massive games from Steph. Y- you need a massive game from Steph, but you need Steph not to beat Luca. Um and then you, you're gonna need like some of those mid-range guys to disappoint because if Steph is close to Luca, the gap is big enough now where like you would be upgrading, you know, Bertons to somebody. Um, so it's still it's not like my preferred build, I don't think, but it's still viable.
0: Okay. Josh is on one this morning in the comments section.
1: Josh has been on one for like a month.
0: I know, but look at his last two comments
1: calling him not a man.
0: And then you deserve zero in all <laughs> caps respect. <laughs> oh, you got to love the dynamic here at awesomeo.com. I mean, is it better anywhere else? You tell me the answer is no. All right. So if we're, if we are playing Luca and I've told you guys, when it comes to this series, we do it a little bit differently. And I think rightfully so if you are going to Luca Doncic at the captain spot, what makes like what type of lineups can we build here where we don't have to fully punt two players because once you and and for what it's worth otto porter is doubtful today he's questionable
1: they upgraded him last night
0: oh they did okay okay all right so maybe he will play i know i know kurt Kurt considered him doubtful at some point yesterday
1: yeah he he was doubtful they they upgraded, and the only reason I, I caught it or noticed it was in the middle of my show with Greg, it came out that Porter was questionable, and I forgot what game we were even talking about. I was like, oh, shit, Porter's questionable. And then Greg's like, yeah, it doesn't matter.
0: Okay, okay. Why doesn't it matter? Because you were talking yeah. about a different I guess slate? he wasn't playing yesterday. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I wasn't sure if there was another reason for that. I I got know. you. Let's actually talk about Porter first. if Because he'd go from doubtful to questionable. We saw Al Horford go from doubtful to questionable to in- um, and then played 42 minutes. So any, anything is possible. But with Otto Porter, if he's out, who's so, who benefits the most from this? Uh, and will they be mega chalk?
1: So that's a really good question because I'm not sure. Um, Juan Toscano Anderson subbed in in the first half. He played five minutes. But he didn't play it all in the second half. And nobody did. Nobody took those minutes, really. Uh, you had Moody, you know, play both halves. I expect that to be the case again. But you just got an even more condensed rotation from Golden State in that second half. Andrew Wiggins played nearly every minute. Draymond Green played a ton. Steph Curry played nearly every minute. Um, Or Clay played nearly every minute. Steph played almost the same amount. So you just got a ton more from those guys, and then you got more run from Jordan Poole down the stretch as well. I don't think necessarily that they just completely eliminate that that spot in the rotation. I think it's likely that you do see one of Toscano Anderson or Kaminga at least get like six minutes or so, if not more. Um, So I do think that taking shots on those guys, using them as punts, if Porter is out, makes sense. It's just that it is risky because um, you know last game, it was Toscano Anderson. This game, it certainly could be Kaminga. There is a non-zero chance that they do just eliminate that rotation spot and play more condensed minutes from everybody. Um, although again, I don't think that's the most likely case, especially because they're up three, nothing. If they were down, I think it would be more likely that they just say like, all right, we're running, you know, six and a half guys today, but being up, I think it's likely they at least throw some minutes to one of Kaminga or it's Anderson. All
0: right. So let's just say, and by the way, Jordan, just uh, let me know that the, that was in fact, the optimal lineup for, for Definitely. last game on this series. So Yeah. Moody and Bertens was the optimal lineup. Uh, okay. It, okay. So let's, let's just say that we're looking at this rotation and, and Otto Porter is out. How many minutes do you give to Kaminga? And I know you haven't, I, this is just preliminary stuff here.
1: Yeah. I mean the way that I'll probably approach it because to, so since Toscano Anderson was the one that subbed in last game, I think I don't really have any other conclusion to draw other than, he's more likely to be the guy than Kaminga. So I would probably do something like project Toscano Anderson for eight minutes, project Kaminga for like five, and then make sure I don't have them in the same lineup.
0: Okay. So does nobody really benefit that much?
1: I mean, I think like it's, it's a substantial benefit potentially for guys like Toscano Anderson or Kaminga, just because otherwise they were going to play no minutes,
0: no minutes. But
1: and so, I mean, it gives you alternatives to, like, Moody is still 1K. He's going to be wildly popular. Yeah. Um, we, ha- we have him projected for 43% ownership. But it gives you alternatives to him where, you know, if Porter is out, and right now we do not have Porter in our ownership projections. So, like, we have Kaminga at 6%. We have Toscano Anderson at 16%. That's giving you a pretty <laughs> nice discount off of Moses Moody where you can pivot even though you can't be as confident in either of their minutes as you can Moody's they are both pretty good point per minute guys where you know if they do get on the floor and they do play eight to ten minutes they're probably going to beat Moody
0: it's just weird because you look at the second half rotation and you know of course Otto Porter was out but the only bench player other than Jordan Poole to see the floor was Moses Moody the only one right so did you mention that? If you did, my fault. I was, I was, I was enamored with this chat conversation right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. But, okay, yeah. So that makes things a little bit questionable. But as we both know, when coaches have a day or two to actually adjust for, for an absence, it and normally if Otto Porter was out, you and I wouldn't really be talking a whole lot about this. It wouldn't matter. you be like, okay, you lose, you know, low 20s in minutes and, and they just get dispersed elsewhere. It wouldn't matter on a real slate. But on this one, it does. Steve Kerr is going to have an opportunity to adjust though. So even though Toscano Anderson came in, for all we know, it could be, and this is what you were saying, it could be anybody at this point.
1: Right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I lean towards Toscano Anderson, but there's certainly no guarantee that it's him. But either way, like, just looking at the ownership, like, I would rather, I'm not saying, like, I'm not going to play Moody, but if Moody's going to get 43% ownership, I'm certainly fine taking some shots at a 16% on Toscano Anderson and a 6% on Kaminga. Um, and just assuming one of them is going to play. I mean, b is 2% on 2 if you wanted to mix him in a little bit. I think he's a pretty distant third behind those guys as far as likelihood of getting on the floor. But the point being, um, you know, one of those guys I think is likely to play. It would be weird to me, given that they are up three games, it would be weird to me if Golden State just ran, like, a super condensed rotation here.
0: I wouldn't mind just, like, if it was – Yeah, I wouldn't mind if it was b So that dude's a good per-minute producer for sure. Yeah.
1: I, so, I mean, so, so is Kaminga.
0: Yeah, Kaminga's fine.
1: And Toscano Anderson's really not bad either.
0: No, he's not he's not bad at all. But I'm saying uh, Bealisa would be the guy to get by far, I think, the lowest ownership of any of these guys. So if he did get on the floor um at minimum salary, you know that he can, even if he played 10 minutes, he could give you 10 fantasy points yeah. theoretically or more. And,
1: and the other thing with um Kaminga and Toscano Anderson in particular, we're t- you know, we, we've been talking this whole time about like what Golden State's rotation is likely to look like if everything goes perfectly. If Draymond Green gets in foul trouble, um, no auto Porter immediately opens up minutes for somebody like Descano Anderson or Kaminga as well. Same goes for Kevon Looney potentially getting in foul trouble.
0: Lucas says Looney is not going to play good tonight. Definitely avoiding it. Do you have a reason for that? Or is said that
1: every day for the last like two weeks? What'd you say? I said, I think people have said that every day for the last two weeks.
0: Yeah. But if for sure, I'm not really certain why though it, because Kevon Looney is a basically a, almost he's almost a one fantasy point per minute guy. It's just he hasn't he hasn't he didn't consistently get the minutes. I you know what I mean? He he, yeah. he throughout the season he didn't consistently get the minutes. So I don't know. Right?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. This isn't this isn't uh you know Al Horford making every three pointer that he took for three straight games. Um, this is. Kevon Looney mostly just doing what Kevon Looney does, but getting more minutes.
0: Exactly. So Kevon Looney played, let's see. I wanted to see what his drafting points per game was when he, when he played 25-plus minutes. I thought StatMuse would be able to give that to me. Um, because he's been good. Like I know that I looked it up the other day for the betting video. He's been good. And now you look at him 35, 28, 32, and 29 minutes. Of course, Jordan Poole closed over him last game, which you would expect that to be the case. I don't think it's a definite every time, but he's gone four points, 22 rebounds, five assists, 10 points, five boards, two, re- uh, two assists, two blocks, 21 and 12, and then nine 12 and four with a steal last game. So I'm not saying the guy doesn't have a floor. He certainly does, but he's rebounding remarkably well. Draymond Green can't stay out of foul trouble, uh, and Looney gets easy buckets around the rim. So I still think, I st- and maybe I'm in the minority here. I know I was last time, but uh, because his price came up, I, I still think Looney's viable today.
1: Yeah, he's still fine. I mean, he's not standing out like he was earlier no, in the series, at 4,800, 7-10. of course. Um, but but like to your point, overall, this season between the regular season and the postseason, he's averaged 0.95 DraftKings points per minute. So far this year in the postseason, he's averaged 0.98 DraftKings points per minute. So from a DFS standpoint, nothing he's done should be surprising. It's just that he's playing more minutes. Um, I, I, I do understand kind of the I think the tendency from people in chat to just be like, this isn't what Kevon Looney was during the regular season, and now he's expensive, and people are still playing him, whatever. But you have to keep in mind that the minutes have changed. The production hasn't. When when somebody's playing time drastically changes, and there's no reason to think that it's going away, that's different as far as you know where you should be confidence wise than when their production drastically changes. Like if through the first three games of this series, Kevon Looney had a 22% usage rate or something, you would be like, okay. That's happened, but also, is that really going to keep happening? Um, here, you know, he has, he has an 11% usage rate. He's rebounding well. That's what he does. He's producing at about the same rate he, he always has. He's just getting more minutes, and there's no real reason to think those minutes are disappearing.
0: Exactly, yeah. But, yeah, he doesn't stand out like the 4,800 loony. No chance at all. But his price has come up for a reason. And I, I don't know. Don't you think it's fair to continue to project him for 28 minutes? It's what he's been seeing, you know, 28, 29 minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I expect.
0: If if you're throwing Luca, oh, for what it's worth, we have 50% off everything on the site right now. If you use the promo code MBA strategy show, all one word, all caps. Somewhat laborious. I get that, but it's well worth it because you're getting like $45 off everything for the entire month, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, hockey, MMA, PGA, NASCAR. UFC, uh, that is MMA, but UFC, esports, tennis, F1, everything. And uh, you're talking like top stack tool, ownership tool, boom bust tool, lineup builder, player projections, uh, all of the stats that you need, uh, all of the simulation tools. Josh did a great job of explaining them yesterday on the Live Before Lock show, why they're so valuable and why so many people use them, specifically when you don't know a sport. There's a lot of people that don't know MMA, but like Steve Buzzard is crushed in, in UFC. Doesn't really know UFC. He said, "I used the boom, or I used the the top fighters tool, and I used the ownership projections, and so many other sports where even if you don't know them, uh, you, you can still find an edge using these tools when you really learn how to to utilize them uh, to the best of your ability, and you get fifty percent off. No better time now to check than now to check it out. Go to awesomeo join. Very simple." Select the Awesome Plus Platinum for the month and uh, NBA Strategy Show, all one word, all caps. What's up, Jordan? Why are you looking at me like that? What? Okay, okay. He's been doing this lately where he just assumes I'm saying something wrong. Half off everything on the site. Uh, no restrictions, no strings attached, half off. NBA Strategy Show, all one word, all caps at checkout. If you're putting Luca in the captain spot, and an auto Porter is out. I know you're not particularly concerned with getting duped, but are there any spots to look at that we can be different? Like, would it be a Bielitsa or something?
1: I mean, I think the, the most obvious spot that stands out to me is the Toscano Anderson Kaminga. Um, sure. I mean, you can throw a in. I still think he's pretty firmly behind those guys, but who knows? Yeah, I agree. Um, but I mean, and not that it's necessarily going to make you unique in the sense of like you, or by yourself, but you're obviously like, if you build, if you build a lineup that includes Moses Moody and then you swap Moody to one of those two, you're still going to be duped, but you're clearly going to be duped less.
0: Cause I don't a- see it. And the
1: other thing, the other reason I like that is that when you think about them from a point per minute standpoint, um, even if we assume Moody's going to play more minutes, which isn't a guarantee, but I think it's likely he's not as good a point per minute guy. Moody this season is at 0.68 DraftKings points per minute. Kaminga's at 0.96. Toscano Anderson's at 0.83. Um, Bielitsa, if he did get on the floor, is at 0.99. So any of those guys, like if you assume Moody plays 12 minutes and you say one of them plays eight, you're still talking about pretty similar production.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's probably the best way to approach it because once you get to the to the Dallas side, you know we did see four guys get minutes off the bench last game. Maxi Kleber, Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, played 25, Dinwiddie played 32 and his minutes are all over the map. It really, for, would you agree with Dinwiddie? It really just depends on how he's playing, like how he's shooting.
1: Yeah. I, I, I have been surprised Kleber. that they kind of don't give him a longer leash or give him more minutes. I mean, he got 32 last game. That's what I expected to kind of be the case here throughout. And he
0: closed.
1: Right. Like, I, I like mocking Dinwiddie mostly just to try and piss off Dallas fans because I, Strongly disliked Dinwiddie after the way he left Washington. But on this team, like when you're trying to compete with Golden State, it's been weird to me that he doesn't always play more. I expect him to be getting around 30 minutes at least uh, here again in a game that, you know, they have to win.
0: Right. Are you there? Yeah, I'm re, I, I don't know what, I don't know what that meant. I was reading a comment that didn't make any sense to yeah. me. Uh, because we had Neil Akina played about four minutes in that game. Bertens played 12. There, I know I understand that Davis Bertens was, was in the optimal. That all makes sense to me, but really the minutes off the bench are going to, to Dinwiddie and Cleveland. They're soaking up the large majority of minutes off the bench. And Neil Akina, if you're punting him fine, but what are you really getting out of him? Even if he gets eight minutes instead of four minutes this game.
1: Right, and I talked about those two before, and Nilakina does fit into the, well, at least he's not Moses Moody uh, thought process. Yeah, sure. But I would still rather go to one of the other Golden State guys because they actually do things when they're on the floor, whereas Nilakina whereas doesn't. Um, and that's the reason why, if I can... You know, at 14% ownership for Berton's compared to 12% for Nilakina, even though Berton's is $1,600 more, I would rather go there just because, and it's the point I've made previously too, I don't expect either of them to play a lot of minutes. I certainly expect Berton's to play more minutes than Nilakina. But from a, like, in a perfect world for Dallas standpoint, Berton's, when he's on the floor, pays off his salary like in a perfect world for Dallas he plays 12 13 14 minutes knocks down three or four three-pointers yeah. and is in the optimal lineup in a perfect world for Dallas with Nilakina, yeah, yeah maybe he gets a steal or two but he's just out there defending for a few minutes and ideally not involved at all offensively so that is why I like Bertons a little bit more even though neither one projects well and you don't have confidence in either one if Dallas has their way Bertons actually ends up being an optimal lineup piece whereas Nilakina still probably doesn't
0: and Bertens has had some viable games this postseason, and, and, and many of them playing only 13, 15 minutes. So it's not like he can't do it. We've seen him do it on multiple occasions, Yeah, which, agreed. which I think makes it a little bit easier to, to get there. Now, as you pointed out, he's not minimum salary and he shouldn't be because he actually is, you know, in the rotation. He's someone too, that can get a little bit of extra run if Maxi Kleba gets in the foul trouble, which has been the case before. So yeah, Bertens makes a lot of sense. What about with a lot of these mid-range guys? You have if we're just looking down at guys like Clay Thompson being one of them, he is he's one of the toughest guys to to get a read on because a lot of times the peripherals aren't there. And if he's not knocking down shots at a at a strong clip, it just seems like he might be still a, a little bit overpriced. I've
1: had a really difficult time getting to Clay in this series for that reason. It would be different if Clay was coming in at like Dinwiddie's ownership at like 20%. But Clay is coming in at 32%. um Pool is 38%. So it's not like there's a huge difference there. Draymond's 40. Wiggins is 40. All these guys are at least a thousand dollars less expensive, and they project similarly. uh Clay is scoring dependent. He has a 22% usage rate in the postseason, 10% assist percentage, 7% rebounding percentage, averaging 0.94 DraftKings points per minute over 496 minutes. This isn't to say Clay can't have that game where he comes out and is you know the best mid-range option he certainly can but i don't think you're getting enough of an ownership discount to make me really want to be there i would rather be getting to more of the guys that are more likely to to um do well at their price points and you know if clay goes off i just don't win today
0: exactly there's a pretty high likelihood that clay thompson does not go off today so we'd be okay with that Brunson's around the same price. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green has been uh, for all intents and purposes, pretty disappointing this series. And this is something that you and I had talked about at length. Was it Friday? I guess Friday, right? Because they played Sunday as well. And we didn't do a We didn't have a, a deeper dive, but Draymond Green, if he's not in foul trouble, bless you. If he's not in foul trouble, He's going to play a lot of minutes. It's just the foul trouble has been an issue. It was an issue in game one, ended up being a blowout. So then he lost more minutes there. Game two, he fouled out uh, with four minutes left and was in foul trouble throughout. And then he got four fouls last game, but it wasn't as big of an issue. Still played 37 minutes. Granted, he wasn't particularly impressive, but you still got 37 minutes from Draymond Green.
1: Yeah, and I think that's worth mentioning because he's been in foul trouble a lot this postseason, but also Golden State's been in a lot of blowouts. You had the game where Draymond was ejected. So if you're looking at average minutes per game for Draymond, I don't think it tells you the whole story because if this game is competitive and he's not in foul trouble, he is likely to give you 36 or 37 minutes at 8K. Obviously, you have to account for the foul trouble to some extent. Um, I think projecting him around 34 is what I've typically been doing, but you know, it still makes him look pretty decent, especially because he's not getting, I mean, he's getting 40%. It's not like he's he's low owned, but, you know, he's not getting a, a crazy amount of ownership. I, I think that, you know, it still makes him look pretty similar to somebody like like Wiggins or Poole that are uh, owned similar, similarly.
0: Are there any other spots that are intriguing to you uh, before we get down to, because really there's like an elite tier in Luca, kind of Curry. There's no real tiers even on this site because it just, and you've got Thompson, Brunson, Wiggins, Green, Poole, Looney and Dinwiddie, Finney Smith kind of in a, in a, in a, in a tier of their own. And then you've got your Reggie Bullocks and I don't know, it, it's tough to, to look at anyone and feel supremely confident about them. So it's more so just, is this a spot where you're looking to, to just diversify among the Wiggins and the Brunsons and, and, and the Jordan Poole's? Are there any, because their ownership is all very similar, or is there anybody you like more than the other?
1: um sorry I was messing around in chat uh is there,
0: is there anyone you like more than the other when it comes to like these the the Wiggins the Dreys, the pool the the Jalen Brunson because all of them are basically getting very similar ownership
1: yeah and I, I think that they should um I mean I, I like Wiggins a lot he's playing 38 to 40 minutes pretty much every competitive game um he's not the highest usage guy but he's doing enough offensively he's rebounding well uh so I do like Wiggins quite a bit and he I think is still a little bit underpriced at 8,200 Jalen Brunson's interesting just because he is, you know, the second scoring option for Dallas. So that that's nice, but that price tag came up a bit too. And the ownership is high. So like nine K Brunson, I get it. The upside is still there, but when he is more expensive than pool green Wiggins, all those guys, I think that, um, maybe getting a little bit less of him a little bit more of those guys makes sense i do want to point out reggie bullock though because that 5800 hundred dollar price tag for somebody that's likely to play north of 40 minutes here is pretty appealing you know he he did nothing last game he's not a great point per minute guy anyway um around 0.6 fantasy points per minute but that's a really cheap price tag for somebody likely to play you know 44 minutes
0: it's really cheap and yeah i keep coming back to the to the to the same thing that i've been com- that i've been talking about at this point, and I know that ownership a lot of times will, will bear this out because what Bullock is getting – actually, no, in this case, they're basically the same price or they're basically the same ownership. Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith are, are, are getting almost identical ownership today. I, I'd rather – and I'm not saying in every lineup, obviously. I'd rather just take the savings on Reggie Bullock if he's going to get 40 minutes or 40-plus minutes in this game. They're, they're not that different on per-minute basis.
1: Yeah, Exactly. I, I, like, I like it as a bounce back spot for, for Bullock. Uh, just n- not that I have a lot of confidence in Bullock. I just think he's underpriced for the minutes he's going to play. And the same thing can be applied to Finney Smith at 6,600 as well.
0: Yeah, 0 for 10 last game, 0 for 7 from 3. But I, I prefer to look at it the other way. Uh, he's attempted 27 threes in this series. 27 threes, 10, 10, and 7 in this series. Reggie Bullock's shot volume from beyond the arc if he actually, you know, what happens if he has one of those games where he's where he's six for ten from three, like we saw in game two? That, right. That's and, like, get obviously you
1: that's that's not what you're expecting, but it's in the range of outcomes. Like, it's certainly possible.
0: Of course. He did it two games ago. You know, and, yes, if, if you're not expecting it, but if he plays 40 minutes, you're going to have the opportunities. And, and the volume, all you can ask for is the opportunity. All you can ask for is the shot volume with somebody like, like Reggie Bullock, preferably from three-point range, so. And what about Maxie? Where, where do we go with this guy? Because he's been he's been dog shit in this series.
1: Yeah, he's been really bad and basically just was like afraid to shoot the ball by the end of last game. Um he's a cheap what? enough. Like I'm still going to play him here. 4,200 is a very inexpensive price tag, especially if we assume that Porter doesn't play, you don't you don't end up with anybody in that price range. Um if Porter plays, then you obviously at 4K you have the Porter and, and Kleba kind of uh, splitting ownership there, but at 4,200, there's just nobody priced around him. I think he's going to be pretty easy to get to. And 30% ownership is pretty low. I mean, I think that you kind of have to, you kind of have to be willing to just set aside how bad he has looked between foul trouble and just, you know, the way he played last game, but he's at point seven DraftKings points per minute in the series. If he gets to, you know, 26, 28 minutes at 4,200, he's probably going to be a pretty useful piece.
0: Uh, Rad asks in chat, does it matter how many threes he shoots if he doesn't make one?
1: Yes. Well, Absolutely. No, no, if you know he's not going to make one, then it doesn't matter. But I personally don't know that he's not going to make one.
0: You personally don't know that he's not going to make one. Right. Yeah.
1: Not from the future.
0: Well, he's a 36% three-point shooter. It's not like he's Andre Drummond taking 10 threes per game. Yeah, know?
1: exactly. Like, you should assume he's going to make one out of every three. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, yes, it matters how many he takes.
0: For sure. He has multiple games in the postseason where he's knocked down four plus threes. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 games where he's hit three plus. No. Yeah. Three plus threes. So yeah, it matters you want. Would it, would it be better if he took none of them is the question. Would you rather say, all right, give me 10 and we don't know what's going to happen or give me zero and we definitely know it's going to happen. Of course, you're going to take 10 three-point attempts any day of the week. Anyone else we haven't talked about that that is is worth mentioning today for this slate before we get the Otto Porter news, obviously? Um,
1: I don't think so. I mean, we talked about the end of the bench, Golden State guys. I mean, so Dwight Powell's 2K, his playing time's trending down again. I thought maybe he would play a little bit more in this series, but he hasn't been. Um, if you want to throw darts at him and just hope that, he somehow plays well and gets more minutes, that's fine. It's a one game slate, but he is also pulling 20% ownership. So it's not like you're getting a huge reward there.
0: Yo, we have free tools today. Some good ones too. NBA ownership projections, MLB main slate ownership projections, PGA top golfers tool, NHL player projections, all of that free. And you know what tool is free every single day of the week? I will tell you the prize picks player prop tool. Why is that important? I will tell you again. Because with Prize Picks, sponsor of this show, you'll get $100 when you sign up and you use the uh, promo code AWESOMO. $100 first match deposit bonus using the promo code AWESOMO. Very cool format over there. You're basically just building lineups, but with props. There's no juice on either side. It's just building five, building four, three prop lineups, whatever you want. If you hit five of five, you 10x your money, your entry fee. If you hit four of five, unlike a traditional prop, you are still making two times your money back, which is solid. Uh, And then because in any other prop, it's busted. You're getting nothing uh, or parlay, sorry. And then even if you hit three, you're getting money back. They got a million different sports over there. If you know multiple sports, you can mix them all into the same lineup. You're not playing uh, against any optimizers or sharks or anything like that. And as I said before, it's nice that we have the free prize picks NBA prop tool. At your disposal every day of the week, 365 days of the year. So go to PrizePicks.com, check it out, or download it in the App Store or the Google Play Store. But use the promo code Awesomeo A W E S E M O get up get to $100 on first match deposit bonus, uh, and check out everything they have to offer over there. It's very cool. Uh, and when football rolls around, gonna be some really good spots to target. Every week we would talk about you know where we can get to for NFL, specifically those touchdown props that are so beautiful because there's no juice on any of these compare them against the the rest of the, the rest of the industry, use our prize picks tool, use odd shopper. All of that stuff is entirely free. Going to put you in a really good spot headed over there. Prize or in the app store, use the promo code awesome for a hundred dollar first match deposit bonus. All right, let's do this before we wrap this up. Let's put Luca in the captain spot and see what we can come up with. Just, just build something out right now. If you're, if you're building this out, do you think we have to go with two full-out punts?
1: If you're going Luca in the captain spot? Yeah. So using um, – let me make sure these are right. Using uh, the Osmo projections, the top projected lineup with Doncic, at captain, has Moody and Kleba as the two cheapest guys.
0: And both of them in it. Okay.
1: Yes. So- L- Luca captain, Moody, Kleba, Finney-Smith, green, Wiggins. So no Steph. Um, if you go the top projected Steph lineup is the fifth highest projected lineup. That one has Moody and Toscano Anderson.
0: Did you say Finney Smith? Uh, it was Finney Smith, Wiggins, Green, Moody, Kleba, and then Doncha to cap them. Yeah. Okay. And you can go Looney there uh, if you want, because it's 7K. Yep. Yeah, you can, you can do go, a go lot over things. Finney Smith. What? <clears throat>
1: You could go with him over Finney Smith also.
0: Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah over Finney Smith. You could also maybe, – maybe getting different is going Reggie Bullock over either of those guys at 5,800, leave salary on the table. Yep. So there's yeah, definitely perfectly
1: win. reasonable. Like, it's not like it's shocking if Bullock beats either of them.
0: No, no. Could Bullock finish with 30 and, and Kevon Looney and Finney Smith finish with 28? Sure. There's, there's definitely ways to do that. So, that's not – those aren't terrible lineups. Like you said before, you could go – Kaminga over, over Moses Moody or over Toscano Anderson. That could, that could make a difference. Assuming he gets minutes. We don't know he will, but anything's possible here. Um, okay. So it's not too bad of a build. It's definitely possible. And like you said, like we saw earlier, the optimal lineup and the winning, obviously the winning lineup. Last time these two teams played, Luca was in the captain spot. And then you had Davis Bertens and Moses Moody who combined for, I don't know what you said, like eight total fantasy points. So anything's possible. I like it. I also like the fact that we got a ton of stuff coming. Oh, by the way, can we hit that thumbs up? Can we get a little more action on that? A little more play on that thumbs up button. That would be greatly appreciated for those of you who may have forgotten. That's all right. We forgive you, but it helps us a lot. Otherwise I wouldn't ask You, you got, whoa, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. MLB strategy show coming up in 15 minutes. My, uh, that's not true. Is it? Yes, it is. I was on Monday. Jordan, you got to help me, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. PGA strategy show at 1230 coming up immediately after that. Then you got MLB live before like NBA deeper dive, NBA live before like all that good stuff tonight. We will be with you throughout the day right here on the awesome, awesome ODFS channel and follow me, uh, follow my videos. Uh, hang out. We'll sweat some beds together over on the odd shopper channel. Do them Monday through Friday, every day of the work week. We'll be back at it today again at ship. My money DFS, follow him on Twitter at Laffy underscore D and shout out to our boy, Jordan Klein for producing this one. See you guys back here tonight. Adam and myself rejoining you for the live uh, deeper dive show. Peace.